Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. The Smugglers 3. Interference uh, on the transmission. That <laughs> uh, must have been a uh, pop-up. Well. I don't know. I think it's Imperial Raspberry Jam. Or First Order Imperial. Or First Order Raspberry Jam. Because they're trying to jam the signals. That's right. Um, it is Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Pretty I'd good. Better, I can't say anything else. I'm not allowed. I'd be I'd be better if I had gotten to watch Star Wars, but that won't be till tomorrow. As we're recording on Friday night, which is killing us because, yeah, we're probably going to be the only show, one of the few shows this week that's not talking about the movie in details. I will be on Sunday. But, well, that's not this show, but we will be talking. <laughs> well, things, I'll be on tomorrow, too, but... <laughs> That's tomorrow. Hopefully, if things work out right, we'll be discussing the film with Mark Newbold next week for our year-end show. And then we'll be on one more time uh, together as a team, but not as Wookiee Radio. Well, not doing Wookiee Radio, but as guests on uh, Diz Dads uh, before the end of the year as well to to talk all things Star Wars. So, uh, business in. You can email us at Wookie at WookieRadio.net. Uh, check out the homepage. Uh, Ripped Apparel is doing 25% off on shirts. Uh, there's a great Star Wars hero box on Superhero Stuff, which is also one of our affiliates. Check them out. Some great stuff there. Hit us up on Twitter at Wookie Radio. Uh, same with Facebook. Uh, hit us up. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So business out of the way. Except for Disney buying Fox, <laughs> we've talked about it in all the show on all our shows. Of is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Um, talks of talks of have lived. Talks are dead. Um, dog now, is, has this gone through government approval yet? Through the um, not yet. Not yet. Boards and all those people. Not yet. Nope. That's part. That's part of the. That's going to be a twelve to eighteen month. Issue, hence why yeah. Bob Iger has been ex- his contract's been extended till twenty twenty one. But what does this mean to us, the Star Wars fans? This means we get the distri- Disney gets the distribution rights. Disney slash Lucasfilm gets the distribution rights to Star Wars, or as you younger folk know it as Star Wars: A New Hope, because I believe Fox had a lifetime distribution rights contract in regards to that film so they still have it but the problem is that they're answering to the people that want it yeah so um 
Uh, and I, st- I think um, it would be cool if they actually were able – if they would put the Fox fanfare back in front of the movies that originally had it. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this was, stage in the game – It's always it, been weird. I would say at this stage in the game, if they do like the box set, which is being rumored for at the end of Episode Nine of just the episodic films, the first six will have the fanfare in front of it. Well, another thing this could open up is um, there's rumors – that Disney was thinking about releasing um, untouched theatrical cuts of the original, especially the original three, and, or at least something that was before the um, the special editions. Which um, one of the things that people out there are speculating on is the fact that the reason it's never been released was because um, Fox still owned rights in the original versions of them. So when Lucas changed them, he had changed them enough that um, the rights was a little different or something by the way that the contract was written. Right, but it was, I believe the rights was only for the first film, not for the other two. Yeah. So he could release the the other two theatrically with no issue. But that was also, there was also the rumor, too, that Lucas's first wife also got so much of the original uncut, and that's why he was making changes as well. Yeah. Then when the special, then when the, the bonus discs came out, it was... At that point in time, the kids were grown up. There was no more child support. Why not give her give her a share? But at this point in time, he doesn't own it. So I don't think uh, if they come back out, she gets that much of a share anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else could this mean? Well, now Disney owns, instead of 10%, 60% of Hulu. Yeah. Does Disney, once this is complete, which we're talking 12 to 18 months, 12 months is next December, 18 months mm-hmm. puts it into June, July June. the following year. Does that allow Disney to get with the Hulu team to help create this Disney streaming service that they want? Because obviously you're that not going to be interesting. Because obviously you're not going to kick off, kick everyone else out of the Hulu and turn Hulu into the Disney streaming service. But nothing yeah. says it can't be a subsidiary and a separate or entity. an add-on to it. But yeah. I, I still see it being a separate thing, separate app than yeah. Hulu. Um, but using the Hulu format, Hulu Foundation, who's to say they can't get the Hulu team. Like Comicology uses, or Marvel and DC use Comicology to help create their apps and their yeah. comic service. Why nope, couldn't... create it. Their app is just well, Comicology, just Marvel, and Comicology, just DC. <laughs> but who, who's to say that they couldn't do, Hulu couldn't help build that streaming service? There's a good chance that could happen. Yeah. And why do I bring that up? Because Disney, Star Wars, Oh, all of a sudden, throat's going dry. Disney, Star Wars, and um, and Marvel is all supposed to be on this streaming service. So we mm-hmm. could see new shows. You know, I think with Fox, if we bring in, the along with Lucasfilm, the Fox production, which we get, uh, because <laughs> as people have been stating, Disney now owns The Simpsons. Yeah. How long will the Simpsons still be around? <laughs> Especially since the Simpsons have been very anti-Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole the whole catch of with the TV series now you got Lucasfilm and you can bring in Fox production as well to help with this instead of just and it opens up the doors of okay the series if you're going to bring it to cable you now got F uh, FX FXM. 
well, no, FXM is just movies. FX and FF, FXX. So... You know what? I hadn't even thought about this. Um, outside of Star Wars, on the on the DC front, is um, Disney going to possibly um, have them drop Gotham? Possibility. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, they've had a good run. They're at four years right now. So there's there's that possibility. It, but then it, again, everything that we've ever seen, though Disney, as long as you're making money, usually they don't mess with it much. They might restructure a little bit, but usually they don't make edicts like you're going to drop this, you're going to drop this, you're going to, you know. Right, yeah. If you look at the way they did with Lucasfilm, they had them drop the Clone Wars, but they were wrapping down the Clone Wars anyway and moving towards the new movies. Right. Right. I just don't, I think there was another, I think there was going to be another season, season and a half left of the Clone Wars that they weren't allowed to finish. I think that's why with Rebels, we're getting to that point. The story's been told in four seasons. Filoni's ending it on his terms. Mm Mm-hmm. I just wish the last one, this last season, was more than the fifteen episodes. I wish it was. Yeah. A f- I wish it was a full order. Well, we know that it's going to have an actual wrap up to it. Yeah. And uh, we've already seen the rumors all over the place that they're already working on the next animated series, and they've announced that they're working on a live action series. Yep. So. Plus, you gotta remember, um, Star Wars Underground has 50, 50 hours of scripts script. written. I think that would have to be retooled, though. Yeah, Why? probably. Why? At this point. Well, we don't because know what's Because of how about. much they've been staying away from the prequel timeline. We've not seen anything on Coruscant since any of this started. Okay, so who, who's to say it needs to be set in the prequels? Why couldn't it be set? Yeah, That's where I said it would have to be retooled. I just changed the setting from prequels to post-Jedi. Yeah. Well, now post-Return of the Jedi, since we have two Jedi movies. Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and the Last Jedi, so I can't call them mm-hmm. Jedi anymore. Yeah, I'm go see Jedi. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's quite a bit there in the Fox deal. Uh, it opens up the doors. It opens up more avenues. Uh, well, if I remember right, doesn't this um, give Disney the properties? Like, wasn't Alien from Fox? Yep, Alien, Predator. There's a lot of things in there that Fox actually has. Yep, one Avatar. One of the stories they mentioned that one of the stories that we're covering tonight. Somebody had a link of here's what what you're getting from from the deal. Uh, there's Avatar. There's um, oh, I can't even think of it now. And of course, we've deleted quite a few stories. Um, and I know I saw it. Firefly. Firefly, Simpsons, Avatar, Aliens, Predator, um, Night at the Museum, Alvin and the Chipmunks, yeah. Home Alone. Um, now, looking at it, well, not to mention all the Marvel properties, the X-Men and the Fantastic X-Men. Four and Deadpool uh, and all that. Fantastic Four is not a complete done deal. It's Just, part of Fox, though. But the production rights is owned by uh, Constantine Films. So we would have. So we, speaking of Disney, uh, Disney would have to to buy the rights from Constantine Films for production. If Fox Constantine just, was um, smart, they would make a deal similar to what um, Universal has done with the Hulk, and let Marvel make the movies and just collect the money. You, that's not what the deal is with Hulk, though. With Hulk, well, yeah. You no, know, no, no, that was the Sony deal with Spider-Man for correct. the last couple of movies. Correct. 
Yeah. The reason why Marvel well, could get away... Hulk's allowed to be used in team movies, if I remember right, isn't he? He's allowed to be used in team films and cameos in other films. He cannot yeah. have his own film. Hence why they're doing his own trilogy within the team films. Yeah. So Hulk is like a, a sub-movie inside of all the movies. Well, if you look at this, at all the different stuff they get from Fox and that just tells me that they've been working on this deal for years and years that Fox and Disney have been talking because go back to um, Avatar Disney just spent all the how many millions of dollars on oh. that new Avatar land at the Disney parks which took forever to build just like it's taking them forever the, to make remember the whole time everybody is like well why are they do why are they going for Avatar and now all of a sudden it's a Disney property um, look at the original Deadpool movie we had a um, freaking helicarrier which is an Avengers thing in a Fox movie. <coughs> and there was other slight references that could have been gone either. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there, there's been all these different properties that they're getting that they've been teasing for years of something going on. I'm thinking Disney and Fox have been talking for a long time about this. Right. And, they're, and this has been a done deal for a while that they're just now announcing. Well, according to Screen Rant, here's every movie franchise Disney has bought from, Fro- from Fox. Uh, right now, ongoing, Alien and Predator, Avatar, the Die Hard franchise, Fantastic Four, provided they could get with Constantine to finish up, Kingsman, The Martian and Artemis, right. Planet of the Apes, Red Sparrow, Star Wars, X-Men, um, franchises that could be rebooted, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Dr. Doolittle, Home Alone, Ice Age, Night at the Museum, <laughs> Percy Jackson, The X-Files. Uh, franchises for the back catalog, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, which was under the, um, Disney produced the first two and the third came from Fox. So now this brings them all back. And if I remember right, the fourth one is actually in production or they're in pre-production for the fourth one already. Um, yes, the silver chair is being made by the Mark Gordon company, uh, which is part of Sony TriStar Productions. Uh, Fight Club, Independence Day, MASH, The Maze Runner, um, key TV shows that are, will come under, uh, the Disney umbrella. Family Guy, The Simpsons, um, The Gifted, Legion, American Horror Story, The Orville, NBC's This Is Us, ABC's Modern Family, um, The Back Catalog with 24 and Prison Break. Um, I've got a, a quick pause. Uh, key, other key shows. Um, it's now also worth noting, like we talked about, Disney now owns 60% stake of Hulu, uh, giving the company controlling ownership of the service. Um, so yeah. See, I thought, I thought Universal, NBC Universal owned a lot more of Hulu than that. Well, they were majority because Disney yeah. only owned 10%. Actually, so that no, no so yeah, that would so have made Fox, fifty-five so for that. That made fifty for Fox and forty for NBC Universal. Yeah, actually, what I read it was thirty and thirty. Fox had thirty and Disney had thirty. That actually would make sense. Yeah, it could be because I know NBC Universal is who started Hulu. Right. See, I thought it was just ten percent, but I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. That's one of the that's one of the reasons like CBS has never had any of their stuff on Hulu. Right. So that's where we stand. Um, I think it makes it interesting. 
Mm-hmm. This is a game changer in the entertainment field. Oh, yeah. In the movies and television field. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's putting Which is why this may still not happen. If the if the government gets in there and says, no, this is Disney's too big at this point. Yeah, I don't see that happening, though. I mean, it's no, not. There's plenty of other studios still out there. Yeah, because well, and they're not getting the studio lot. They're not getting. Yeah. They're not getting right. Fox's studio lot, which seemed odd as well. That okay, you're buying all this, but you don't get the lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do with the lot then? They're just going to sell it off because uh, they don't make movies anymore. <laughs> they're selling off their movie division. <laughs> it, it's going to be torn down and turned into Starbucks. Probably, I would not be surprised. <laughs> so, um. So yeah, that's that's where we go from there. And how is this going to affect us in the box office? Who knows. But it is Last Jedi weekend. That's right. Um, I don't think the box office is really that big of an issue right now. Yeah. Well, I did see Last Jedi. I thought it was awesome, and that's all I can say. Uh, because if yeah, I say any, is... mention anything per, else, yeah, if I mention anything else, death. it could be deemed a spoiler. Um, there were surprises. Uh, but there were, um, there were things that were totally unexpected. So, but the box office was really not unexpected. Now we record this on Friday night. So the only box office turns in are the Thursday night preview night. Now a really good preview night is what? 15 to 20 million. Right. Is a really good preview night usually, correct? Um, well, Star Wars Last Jedi on Thursday night previews pulled in $45 million heading towards projected. Um, th- their projected opening weekend is going to be somewhere above $200 million, okay. which is um, – Seems low. According to Box Office Mojo, well, it's only the fourth domestic release to ever open for more than $200 million. So that's yeah. actually – well, you got to think that's also just the domestic. That's not the worldwide right. release. Right. I could have so, sworn Force um, Awakens did, did better than that for opening. I'm looking now to see uh, where are we at. Aha. Uh-huh. No, that's uh, the only, the article I have here actually is just telling about the um, what everybody's projections are. Yeah. I, I think that's about all we're going to get right now. It's just projections. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Preview night. See if I can d- just look at all of the figures at, for just preview night. Or actually, let me just Google it since Google knows all. Right. Okay. Um, top 20 midnight box office records, according to LA Times. Uh, let's see if I got a date on this one. As of Friday, December 15th of, yeah, okay. Top 20, uh, as I get an ad. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in that. Number one, top uh, preview night box office open was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. According to this, it was uh, $43.5 million hmm. for a total gross of $381 million for the opening weekend. Okay. Number two is The Dark Knight Rises at 30.64. Twilight New Moon had 26.27. Wait a minute. Why did it jump that far? Jumped to number six all of a sudden. I went from number two to number six. (laughs) Someone has their slides out of order. Let me see if I can find number three here. Eight, nine. Oh, come on. There we go. Guardian Soldier. Yeah, for some reason, the other ones aren't on there. So this was not a great article. (laughs) Well, I guess we could keep going. Uh Yeah. Well, let me check. Deadline right now is reporting on it also. So they may actually, usually they'll have a list of who they're beating and such. Mm. 
Force Awakens became the first title to, or the fastest to one million or one hundred million. Right. Uh, specifically, hit it in eighteen hours after the preview. The preview night. Okay, so they're looking at um, right now. They're estimating that the Last Jedi is going to bring in two hundred and two to two hundred and eight million to make it either the third or the fourth best all time weekend open opening weekend. The Force Awakens holds the record number one at two hundred forty seven point nine six six million. Jurassic World came in at 208, and then the Avengers came in at 207. Uh, the second best December open um, has ever seen after The Force Awakens. So that's what we're looking at. All right. So right now, um, looks like The Force Awakens and Jurassic World may beat it. If they pass the 208, it'll be right behind The Force Awakens as number two. I can see that. Now, unless it does even better than anybody's expecting, and it actually blows out The Force Awakens, which I don't think is going to happen, but you know, it'll be interesting know. if it did. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on, and let's touch on some Last Jedi news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just realized it's been almost a full year now since we lost Carrie Fisher Yeah, uh, last December. Uh, it's kind of sad to think about, but... Uh, of course, when that happened, one big question was how would her death affect uh, General Leia's role in the Star Star Wars movie? I almost said Star Trek <laughs> in, this, in the Star Wars movies. Um, and we 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 did find out after a while that her the actual arc of her story was unaffected, um, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that. Lucas film team were able to leave the actress's final performance as it is. Uh, in a recent interview with Rolling Stone, Brian Johnson revealed that the Last Jedi sound team were able to flesh out Carrie Fisher's swan song using additional dialogue recording, also known as ADR, yep. and other other ingenious workarounds during post-production. Uh, and of course, it's not the first time they've done something like this. As in the Force Awakens, you may recall that uh, we heard the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi uh, that used snippets of both Ewan McGregor, Ewan <laughs> McGregor, and Alec, the the late Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness, excuse me, um, who had passed away back in two thousand. Um, so here's a quote from Ryan Johnson who was talking about the extra post-production work. Uh, He said, We had to do a lot of sound work, and that was kind of tough, but we managed. We have a great sound team, and we managed to pull her dialogue out and find little snippets from here and there and make it work. You do what you've got to do. And a related note, uh, one eagle-eyed Star Wars fan noticed that uh, a member of Canto Bite's alien race appears oddly similar to Gary the Dog, who is the French bulldog that Carrie Fisher owned. Uh, and apparently, that's not a coincidence, because as it turns out, the re- Gary the Dog really did have a role in the movie. Uh, Ryan Johnson confirmed that he included Gary the Dog in The Last Jedi's cas- casino scene, as a small tribute to the late, great Carrie Fisher. And uh, <laughs> Gary the Dog has his own Twitter in which he announced that he is actually in the movie. <laughs> and he shows a picture of where he was so that when I watch the film tomorrow, I'm going to be on the lookout for that. <laughs> well, I, I wonder who's running the Gary's account now. That is a good question. So I believe he's with um, Billy Lord now. So probably her you, or one of whoever's working and doing her Twitter accounts. Are you trying to say that dogs can't tweet? 
I don't know. I think that's what you said. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, but... So, of course, I want to ask you, Ken, about Carrie Fisher in the movie, but I don't want to ask you because I she want to wait and find out for myself. in the film. <laughs> that much I do know. That's all I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, half the stories that, or any of the stories we're talking about tonight. I kind of just keep my mouth shut because I can't say one way or the other on anything because you never know if any of it's actually speculation or not. Mm-hmm. I know, but I can't say, you know, mm-hmm. I've done pretty good. We talked about it an hour before the um, this we started this and I still haven't let you guys in on anything that I know of. <laughs> this is true, but a lot of just keeping my mouth shut. The screening of Star Wars is not just Earthbound, though. That's right. Now, one of the coolest ways for us to actually see The Last Jedi is actually go up to one of the IMAX screens and see it there, which I'm hoping at some point in the next two couple weeks I can go up and see it in IMAX 3D because we have a, an IMAX theater outside of Cleveland. But on this past, well, this past Tuesday, a spokesperson for NASA actually confirmed to Inverse that the astronauts living on the International Space Station are actually going to be able to watch Star Wars The Last Jedi while they're floating around in low Earth orbit. According to the spokesperson, NASA still doesn't have a definite timeline for when the film will be available for the astronauts, but a digital file will be uploaded from Earth, and the astronauts will be able to watch on their laptops or standard projectors. That'd be kind of cool, just a movie projector up in the, on the space station. Yeah, that would be. Now, um, uh, yeah, then the rest of this just tells about the the um, ratings and stuff for the movie. So that's just, that'd be kind of sweet. You're in space watching sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, that would be awesome. I never thought that's about that. I wonder what movies are actually available to them. Or what Do movies they, have they would want to watch. <laughs> Do if they have Netflix? If, How's this work? Yeah, I know. Right? If you're in space, do you actually want to watch sci-fi, or is that a little too... Uh, I don't know. Well, it depends on what it is. I'm sure comfort. you probably don't want to watch, like, Aliens or... <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie um, Europa Report? Is no, that the haven't. one they probably don't want to watch? Oh, that's actually a really good one. It's on Netflix right now. Oh, really? I'll have to check it it's out. It's actually about a mission to Europa around um, Jupiter. Hmm. But you probably don't want to watch like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> where, the, mm-hmm. where the ship is taking over for them. Not a good idea. Yeah, or uh, any of the movies where something goes wrong. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> like uh, Apollo 13 or... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or even a Martian, because that <laughs> you'd be like, oh, I don't yeah. want that to happen. That I, that was an awesome movie, but yeah, I don't want to watch that if I'm in space. Yeah, definitely not. So, but um, but that actually brings us into a little bit of um, some gaming news we have too. Yep. Who had the first gaming story? That would be Derek. That it would. Ah, uh, EA's <sighs> at it again. EA's at it again, like a bad sitcom. They're doing a will they, won't they with. Regards to, I'm going to say a bad word here, people, microtransactions. Is that anything like uh, micromanagement? <laughs> kind of, almost, in a way. Just as annoying. Uh, you know, the uh, the pay-to-win style of uh, that was in Star Wars Battlefront 2 that they had to stop doing because there was backlash over backlash from the fans. Uh, so it they temporarily removed all microtransactions, but as noted in their original message, it was only temporary. So everybody's been waiting to see what their next move will be, including EA themselves, because they have no clue. Uh, now there's governments all over the world that are investigating the loot box 
uh, debacle uh, and investors making their concern known to the mega publisher. So uh, you know that EA is hopefully not going to tread this path lightly. And CFO EA CFO Blake Jorgensen has released an official statement as to where the company is uh, at this time regarding the issue. And in that statement, he said clearly. We are very focused on listening to the consumer and understanding what the consumer wants. Not sure I believe that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's evolving constantly. But we're working on improving the progression system. We turn the microtransactions off as an opportunity to work on the progression system inside the game. We're continuing to do that. I think there's an update this week and again next week. Over time, we'll address how we'll want to bring the microtransactions either into the game or not and what form we will decide to bring it into. Uh, So DICE, who developed the game, has previously stated that they're committed to listening to the fan response. And uh, according to that statement I just read, uh, it seems like they want to listen, but there's been a long history of EA... How shall I put it? Uh, Messing things not, up. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I think they could possibly do that could help with this is say, fine, there's microtransactions. But because of the way these games work, when you want to play online, you um, you basically spool up into one of the games that's running, correct? So that's what it usually is with first-person shooters. Yeah, you get put into one of the, into the game queue. So the computer or the game system knows if you've used microtransactions or not. So fine, you have two separate set. What used to be like servers, but now you just have two separate sets of games. One that has people that have never not used microtransactions, so it's basically a level playing field. You've earned your spot, and then another one where it's all rules out the window. And as much as you want to pay, you can pay to win. But the guys that are paying to win are not playing with the guys that are trying to earn their way in. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That, that's interesting because it, it, that's just, in my opinion, it seems like it'd just be a little bit of code to detect whether or not microtransactions have been used in that on that account. Yeah, but who's to say if you get that code that there there wouldn't be code to that someone could hack to make it? Oh, to there's still always the, going to be a hack. Oh. Yeah, of course there is. There's always going to be a hack and a workaround, but for the moment, you get it, it would actually kind of, seems like it would somewhat level out the playing field. Or also, what you do is you do it so that um, where um, you get queued into games that are about uh, um, a similar uh, level range to where you're at. I don't know the way levels work in this, but so that when you're playing the game, if you're if you've only played about three hours on this, you're not in there playing with guys that have been playing for six months. Yeah. Right, and yeah. make it more fun so that you have guys, people in the game that are lower levels than you, but people that are also higher levels than you, but they're not so far out of the range that you're not going to be able to hurt them. Mm. Uh, that's actually the way. If I'm um, back when I this goes all the way back to the original EverQuest when I was playing that, when you're playing PvP, you could only attack characters who are five levels above or below you. Okay. If they're outside of that, you can attack them, but you're not going to do any damage at all. It's not even going to register as an attack. Hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. But do something like that where the game queue level put, pops you in at people that are in your a certain range of where you're at, so that um, you're not above everybody on your in there, but you're not getting crushed by everybody either. Uh, my mm. wife, we just got our Xbox um, Xbox One a couple weeks ago, and we got Halo Five. <clears throat> Halo Five, and um, she just just to mess around. She uh, didn't even play the. She hasn't played Halo in about a year and a half, and she jumped into one of her multiplayer games just out of no, just to see. And she didn't even get out of the starting box before she was destroyed. <laughs> and, and it just the game wasn't fun. I mean, she's getting slaughtered just by 
um, spawning. Right, yeah, that, that's not fun at all. No. So try level it out a little bit, you know? I mean, the servers they're using have enough that they're running hundreds or thousands of games at a time. Oh, yeah. Or thousands of instances of the game. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely so, more that could be done. Yeah, and I think I think maybe they're now they actually are realizing that they need to do something different now that there's been so much backlash. Well, well hopefully that, people at EA are listening to us. We can hope. I'm sure they are. But we also got to look at it too. You know, as you said, there's so many countries that are backlashing on this as well mm-hmm. that are that are investigating. So. It may um, also slow down the microtransactions, which would actually probably make they don't want to do it that way, because um, some people may be buying these microtransactions, feeling that the only way they're going to be competitive is if they buy it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're actually queuing into servers where other people are on an even playing field with you, you may not have you don't have to buy the microtransactions because you're going to have a good time playing the game anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of buying things. Um, StarWars.com gives us a Star Wars Holiday Gaming Deals Guide for 2017, or the rest of the 2017, or the 2017 holiday season, however you want to look at it. Um, so, starting off, you know, there's discounts on classics like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, along with details on Star Wars The Last Jedi content coming to the, to the mobile titles. Uh, so, we'll start off with Apple. Because we're going alphabetical order. Well, maybe not. We're going to start off with Apple. Get up to 25% off in-app purchases on select Star Wars games, including Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga and Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Get 50% off Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Get up to 50% off in-app purchases on Star Wars games, including Star Wars Force Collection and Star Wars Pinball. Get brand new titles. Get brand new Star Wars The Last Jedi characters, including Finn, Rose, Hux, Terex, and more in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, Star Wars Commander, Star Wars Force Arena, and other select Star Wars games. On Google Play, get up to 50% off in-app purchases on Star Wars games, including Star Wars Card Trader. People still using that? Oh, yeah. I had Actually, to- there, was the, um, there was about 10 free packs that you can get today. I had to I had to remember my username and password for that. This has been so long since I was on there. Actually, I'm checking my checking it right now because they may have reset for the day, and I can get a bunch of new more free packs. Um, get fifty percent off four card packs in Star Wars Force Collection, which that game to me has kind of died fairly quick. Um, after like a year and a half, it kind of to me it kind of seemed like uh, people were dropping off left and right. Uh, get Brand new Star Wars Last Jedi characters, including Finn, Rose, Hux, Terex, and more in Galaxy of Heroes, Star Wars Commander, and Force Arena. Um, and that's on Google Play. The uh, On Amazon, get 20% off in-app purchases for Star Wars games, including Lego Star Wars, the, the Complete Saga. 20% off bonus content and three bonus in three bonus currency packs in Star Wars Commander. Get brand new Star Wars Last Jedi characters and Finn, Rose, Hux, Terex, and more in Star Wars Commander. In Steam, get up to 60%, 66% off select Star Wars games, including Star Wars Empire at War, Star Wars X-Wing Alliance, Lego Star Wars Complete Saga, and more. And 50% off select Star Wars pinball packs. Um, 
So we're, uh, there we go. <coughs> a humble bundle. Get up to 60%, 66% off Star Wars games, including Lego Star Wars, The Complete Saga, Rebellion, and Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3D. I kind of liked Rogue Squadron 3D. Yeah. Well, have you guys ever um, got anything from Humble Bundle? No. no. So you, are you familiar with it at all? Yeah. It's it's awesome. I actually got a pack um, last year or the year before that I got. I had bought. And it's basically it, it is a bundle of different games or books or anything like that, digital content, that you pay what you want to pay for. It. And um, there's actually a um, – if you look at – let me look at their actual – they have eight different bundles right now. Um Let's go with this one here. It's a Dungeons and Dragons or uh, Dungeons, Monsters, and Dragons set. That you, um, if you pay one dollar, has four different titles you get. If you pay eight dollars, there's eight different titles you pay. For seventeen, you get there's like twelve or thirteen um, different books because these are all role playing books um, that you can get. Now, um, like I said, you pay as you go. Then you got add ons. You can pay for a dollar each. But um, I got I'd have to bring up my Steam account. But I got like twelve or um, seven or eight classic Star Wars computer games and it was like 12 bucks yeah hmm. and it was like x-wing tie fighter uh empire at war uh both of the force awakens games uh both of the old republic games it was like eight or ten twelve bucks something like that and it, hmm. and basically all the money it's the companies um donate i believe to humble bundle because humble bundle donates a large portion of what they bring in from this to a charity yeah oh really? i didn't realize that yep. yeah so uh on gog GOG.com. Get up to 66% off Star Wars games, including Empire at War, Rebellion, Rogue Squadron 3D, up to 77% off bundled discounts on the Flight Pack, uh, Star Wars Ground Pack, or the Star Wars Strategy Pack. And on Facebook, get brand new Star Wars Last Jedi characters, including Finn, Rose, and Hux, Terex, and more in Star Wars Commander. Get 20% off Bonus content and three currency packs in Star Wars Commander. So that is the holiday deals at this time. Holy moly. I mean, actually, I went to GOG.com, and um, right now you can get Force the Force Unleashed and the Force Unleashed 2 at 7 bucks each, basically six seventy nine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they they actually um, I know GOG goes all the way back to um, like X Wing and Tie Fighter are available on there that and they're they've been um, upscaled and prepped for uh, like Windows ten yeah so they actually run on current systems you can get the complete uh, um, Dark Forces series yep so there's some good deals out there on games right now it tis the season mm-hmm. indeed. Now, There's all that, kinds of deals. Yeah, I spent probably about two hours on Think Geek today because they're running wow. a sale at seventy percent off of a lot of Star Wars stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, there's been talk about you know episode eight is out now. Um, episode nine is a couple years away, and now we get a little bit more of an answer of why. Abrams is back. Yeah, well, Abrams, um, we know his whole plan from the beginning, and they've released in the last couple months that um, he had no plans at all after that, was to do the episode seven and hand it off. <clears throat> that was it. He was He's officially producing the rest of them, but I think that's more of an honorary title because the story was basically set forth by him originally. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then we hear that he's coming back to do episode nine now. 
And um, Abrams actually sat down and told Rolling Stone that he had no intention on returning at all. But he went on to continue and say, but when the opportunity presented itself to finish the story that we had begun with these new characters, to tell the last chapter of their story, it felt like their last there was a chance to do it in a way that we could really go beyond and do better than we did in 7. I learned so much in that movie, and I saw that this was a chance to sort... <clears throat> This was a chance to sort of realize something that we hadn't quite achieved. And part of that was it was simply the beginning of these new characters and their story. The opportunity to sort of take what we had learned, to take the feeling of who these characters are and what they are, and give them a final chapter, that felt in the spirit of what we had begun. It was too delicious of an opportunity to pass up. So, yeah, he obviously just couldn't stay away from it. And um, I can't say anything else uh, to speculate on this too much without giving away where we're at going into that movie. And we certainly don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. So um, <laughs> that's what he has saying about coming. Now, after you guys see the movie, you'll understand everything about why what I'm keeping my mouth shut about, what I'm not, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the listeners already know what I'm talking about. Are you calling us slow? Hey. I'm not calling you anything. <laughs> All I know is the real fans have already seen it. That's a shot. <laughs> That's a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, those with no lives have already seen it, sure. Some of us have life that gets in the way. Ah, who needs a life? We have Star Wars. Yeah. Well, speaking of life and Star Wars, um, Marvel Comics has put out, well, back in October, they put out their solicitations <laughs> of what's coming out. Uh, in October, they put out January. So here's what we have to look forward to in in 2018 for the first month. Star Wars number 41. Uh, it's the Ashes of Jeddah parts four and five. Uh, the Le the Leviathan is heading for the remains of Jeddah, prepared to pick pick up the carcasses of the once holy planet clean. But with Luke Luke Skywalker torn between his allegiance to the Rebellion and pursuing the path of a Jedi, who will lead the charge against the Empire? Uh, Darth Vader number 10. Um, Vader's showdown with Jocasta New comes to a startling conclusion. What secret information has the Jedi librarian risked her life to protect? And can she stop Vader from getting it? Um... Apparently, Star Wars number 42 is getting um, a second book for the month. And again, um, pretty much the same same write-up as what I mentioned above or mentioned prior. Uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron number 23, a book that's about to hit two years. Who would have thought? I, I don't think the book was initially supposed wow. to last more than a year. Yeah, I think I think it was scheduled for a twelve issue run, and that was it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, General Organa's covert mission on Cato Nemoidia. Cato, yeah, Cato Nemoidia uh, has hit a serious snag, and the mission to find Lor Santeca is in jeopardy. Can Black Squadron survive an attack from the least expected source? I want to say that one's coming out now, this month. That's kind of cool to go back to Kato Nemoidia now, um, so far after the original prequel tri trilogy. Yeah. Um, Dr. Yeah, Afro. That would be interesting. Dr. Afro number 16. Um, tensions are high in the galaxy, far, far away for Dr. Afro. She's got a new master holding her reins, and he's a triple threat. Also, Magna Tolvan, friend or foe. Uh, we also get from Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, writers and Kevin Walker, artist, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, DJ number one. Uh, this is a, a one-shot. Um, 
when Uh-oh. when Star Wars The Last Jedi takes theaters in force, get it, this December, Star Wars fans will get a peek into some new dark corners of the galaxy far away. And out of one of those corners scuttles DJ, the mysterious character played by Benicio Del Toro. Who is this mystery man and what put him in the path of our resistance heroes? Join Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Um and Kev Walker as they reveal a day in DJ's life just before his appearance in the film. Why did I suddenly get a flashback to the C-3PO one, Chuck? <laughs> Four months later. Should have just <laughs> waited till May and made it made it free comic book day book. Um, I still say it, would, it was a decent story if you didn't have to wait so long. Yeah. It... It would have been a lot better if it came out when it was supposed to come out. Right. Um, the Dr. Afro trade paperback number two is coming out. Uh, Star Wars Jedi of the Old Republic Mace Windu trade paperback number one comes out. And the Han Solo hardcover comes out. So that is the solicitations for Marvel for uh, that are coming out, what we have to look forward to in January. Now, book-wise, here's what's coming out. Uh I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up the year because I don't know if we'll get to the books next week um, if we do get Mark on. Uh, so coming out on the 19th, we got the Star Wars The Last Jedi Collector's Edition, uh, Star Wars Insider number 78, uh, which lists the lid of secrecy on on The on the Last Jedi, uh, Dr. Afrin number 15, um, Poe Dameron number 22, Jedi of the Old Republic, Mace Windu number 5. Wow. So... Well, those were on the 20th. On the 27th is uh, Jedi of the Old Republic, Mace Windu. And, of course, a month later, we're going to get the collective volumes. That's a pretty quick turnaround for Marvel on that. Usually, it's like two, three months before yeah. the trade comes out. Um, from IDW, we got Star Wars Adventures number five. And then um, another Ben Acker, Ben Blacker written book with Mike Mayhew and a few others um, doing art. The Last Jedi Storms of Crate one shot is scheduled to come out on the 27th as well. <laughs> so we're talking one, two, three books for, for last week of the year. Now that's US. United Kingdom, we are looking at roughly the same thing. The, the collector's edition softcover magazine, um, by Titan, uh, on the 19th, Dr. Afra Poe Dameron. Dr. Afro 15, Poe Dameron 22 on the 20th. On the 22nd, that Thursday will be Star Wars Insider number 70, 177. And then on the 27th is the Mace Windu, Star Wars Adventures, and Last Jedi Storms of Crate. So that's the upcoming books for the, for the next few months. Actually, I just finished reading a new book um, this past week. I got to sit down and read that um, Legends of Luke Skywalker. Oh, cool. From the Journey to the Last um, Jedi. And it's cool. It's an anthology book, obviously. And it's um, this crew on a um, freighter who's passing the time going. And this is obviously somewhere close to The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi is when when the book takes place. And Mm. it's basically the crew swapping stories as they have nothing better to do. And... um, Different in it, and the stories all revolve around Luke Skywalker and what they've heard about him through the galaxy. So it's stories that um, you can see it's all like a, like the um, book from a certain point of view. That's what this was. Like right. there's one story where the guys talking. Um, the first story they give you this is the only one I'm going to really get into much right now. The, but um, it talks about how the rich and, and he goes through the events of A New Hope and how that was all propaganda. And um, it wasn't actually Luke Skywalker. It was a guy by another name. And they 
had actually changed the names of these guys to make it better and um, how they were just a group of um, con artists. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Luke, Han, and Chewie were just a group of con artists that went around conning people from small villages into thinking these things were going on. Uh, it was interesting. It, and like I said, each one was just um, one of the crew members. And actually, we even get one from the point of view of a droid <laughs> that had actually come in contact with Luke at some point. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a pretty good book. Sounds like it. Now, um, while trying to stay kind of clean on social media and not see things, I have seen a lot of people complain about the fandom and their take on the movie. Mm. And I know we have mentioned about talking about this in the past, and we've never gotten there, but why, why does the fandom have to get so toxic? I mean, there, there's still a lot of people who are looking at this, going, "Yeah, the movie's okay, but I'm sorry, I want the, I want the EU, and I want the EU back now, and make make canon, or I could care less about the franchise. Even though I'm a super fan, I could care less about the franchise and care less about Disney and Lucasfilm because they ruined it all." <laughs> I look at this that um, this is nowhere near the size of what people make it out to be. And it's something I've been saying about all fandoms on the Internet pretty much in general right now, or not right now, but it's been this way for 10, 15 years since the Internet got big, is the Internet gives voice to the very, very, very vocal minority. Right. People who are disgruntled, <laughs> who are grumpy, get out there, and um, you get if you get five guys saying this, that get retweeted once each, and all of a sudden it starts looking like there's a whole lot more people than they're actually out there saying this. Right. I think the vast majority of fans that are out there are out there just having a good time and enjoying what they're watching. But the thing is, they don't say anything about that usually. They keep that to themselves or talk to their friends or like us before we start recording and sitting talking about what's going on and things. Yeah. But when they get all ticked off, that motivates them. They're out there like, no, I got to tell the whole world that how ticked off I am about this. That's something the Internet has shown us that um, everybody has a voice. So get out there and tell them when you're all upset. That's the only way they're going to find out that you're upset. But we need to tell people do the exact same thing if you're really, really happy about something. Well, we, we've talked about, too, that um, the EU was never canon. Right. No, never. So where people think it was canon, I don't know. Yeah, it was never. It was. Well, it was never canon. It was just meant just to be a collection of stories. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's like I said. That's the people that the very vocal minority that see themselves as I'm a fan because I like the original trilogy and that's it. And they've never heard anything else. Never talked to anybody else about it. So they don't realize that the books that they've read really were never considered canon because they've never looked into that. Right. So right. in their head, in their head, it was all real and all 100 percent part of the canon. Mm. I know when I in the 90s when I first started reading like the Thrawn trilogy and stuff I thought for sure that was part of the canon because it fits so well and it um and originally Lucasfilm was um or Lucas Publishing was curating it and actually it all fit yeah there were minor problems here and there but it wasn't um like where it got to towards the end because I always well I always compared it to um Star Trek books Star Trek books are all over the place if you actually were reading through the books in the history of Star Trek publications there's like six different origins for the Federation, like seven or eight different ways that the um, crew of the Enterprise got together. It depended on who was writing it when. Right. Lucasfilm at least tried to keep it somewhat together for a while. Mm. 
Yeah. But then you have the like I said the the non vocal people that are happy with it that listen to podcasts and are on internet message boards back in the day that realize that there was different versions of the canon. Yeah. I think also that's why the EU was never canon is because there were so many different stories and characters and just got it it can get a little convoluted. Well, there was no consistency like with the solo kids. Right, uh, yeah. There was no consistency about Han and Leia and their relationship. So to for Force Awakens to acknowledge that that Kylo is Han and Leia's son mm. to merge him with yeah, by calling him Ben, which was I believe Luke's kid's name. Yeah, he was the son of Luke and Mara Jade. There, there is this that subtle nod of hey, we still acknowledge the EU some, but we're not granting it as, as canon. We're we're developing our own. Mm-hmm. So I mean. At this point in time, what what do you do? Yeah, well, that and like I said, it was the cannon had gotten so far out of control, and the they kind of had to go clean slate, or else they'd be stuck reading seven hundred different books to figure out what they could do, what they can't do. Yeah, and that's been some of the issue we got going on, you know, with the cannon. I mean, the the tales of like Rogue Squadron was inconsistent from book to book as, well, as they were I being think it was as they were author being, to author. Yeah, because this um, you had like all the Stackpole books fit together nicely. Then Aaron Alston took over, and all his books fit together nicely, but they are not exactly the same as the way um, Stackpole is writing them. Because you got to think, in the middle there, it switched from a Fighter Squadron book to more of a spy book, right? Which was the two different authors. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're a super fan, please accept the movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Be be grateful that the movie franchise is back on screen. Yeah, you Does know it, what? I don't. I don't believe in super fans. Well, think about it. Disney has now owned Lucasfilm for five years. Right. I I honestly don't see where they have done anything wrong with the franchise. They've given us three movies. the The franchise is doing doing well. They're making a new theme park edition based around it. When would you have found that in the past? You got mm-hmm. Star Tours. There wasn't much beyond that. So, um, I'm, I mean, what do you do? You, you treasure what you have. Cause if not, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and to go and to think about going from 83 to, to 98, or no, was it 98 or 96 with with the first special edition? Special editions, I think, were 97. 97. So over over 15 years, 14 years, between seeing Star Wars on the big screen again? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem. Thank you, Wish Games, for keeping it alive. That's a problem I, I don't yeah. want to go through again. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's I I am thrilled to have have it on screen. As long as the stories make sense, that's all I care about. Yeah. Do they tie in with each other? That's all I care about. Is it acceptable canon? Does it make sense with everything else? That's all I care about. The EU was so scattered because the comic. I mean, right now, Rebels is canon. Star Wars Rebels is canon. Anything put out by Marvel Comics is canon. 
I believe anything put out in Star Wars Adventures from IDW is canon. And they're already having problems with some of this. Yeah. Because um, remember, what was it, a couple months ago, um, because everybody keeps asking, like, Pablo Hidalgo, is that actually part of canon? Does that actually happen? And he's like, well, they look at it more, is it in the spirit of Star Wars? Is this something that could have happened in the universe and made sense? Now, if it's a major event, that's one thing. But if it's something that happens in a book on a planet that no one's ever going to see again, it doesn't matter if it was actually fully canon or not. Right. Right. So um, the new books out are canon. You know, we heard Beth talk about it last week. Now she is contributing mm-hmm. to canon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the story is going now. The EU stuff can it come and become part of canon? Yeah. Take a look at Thrawn. We've already seen it. Yeah. Thrawn's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what happens with Han Solo. Let's see what tells might have been pulled in from, from the Han Solo adventures from the EU. How much of that does possibly shape the Han Solo movie and become canon? It's, it's a wait and see. And it's just patience. And no one has that patience now. It's yeah. Yeah. they it's- want it now. And how, when majority of the reports are saying that Last Jedi is great, including one person who's doing a great job of keeping their mouth shut, <laughs> because even even though he's big bad pro wrestler, <laughs> two of us are going to squash him. <laughs> I don't I don't want to ruin your experience of it. Is the thing right? So I don't want um, any possible surprises or not or lack of surprises to um, you to lose that. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to get your rea- your first reaction to everything that happens on that screen should be while you're sitting there looking at that screen. Right. And for yeah. that, we appreciate it. Very much so. So, um, As you now sign off from social media until you see the movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm giving it until probably tomorrow, maybe, the, maybe Sunday, before people just start putting all the spoilers out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I'd be... I would not be surprised if they're already out there now if you're looking for it. Oh, they're out there. Oh, yeah. They, they are can, definitely can, out there. You can find and, them if um, you really want. Well, if anybody does want to know what I thought of the movie, uh, before you come back to here next week, Geek Watch 1 this week, we are actually doing the full spoiler review on it on Sunday. So that'll be out next Wednesday. Okay. So um, on that final note, any final thoughts? Go see The Last Jedi if you haven't seen it yet. If you've not seen it yet, why are you listening to us? You should be in the theater in the seat. <laughs> As we say that ourselves. Mm. Any other final thoughts? Nope. Then on that note. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!